to you my brothers and sisters in Christ this is the day that the Lord has made we're rejoicing and exceedingly glad speak to my heart Holy Spirit amen I was just listening to that come in in the background and that certainly we need the Lord to speak to us each and every day and I thank God that he does that through his Holy Spirit it's so good to be with each of you my father's children on this Wednesday this Wednesday uh the last Wednesday of this uh this month and um, we thank God for another time to share in the word of God, share in the truth of God's word, to see what God has to say to us in the study of his word. Why don't we see who's in the room with us on tonight? And we will, um, of course, ask that you share this with your neighbors and your friends. Go ahead and like it. Go ahead and love it. Share it and uh, let your neighbors and your friends know that you are watching and studying with us here on Chapel Live as we get into the Word of God tonight. We've got Barbara Hurd with us. Amen. Good to see you, Sister Hurd. Uh, Sister Carr, is that Aunt Carr? God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Carr. Demetria Davenport, God bless you. Good to have you with us on tonight. Peggy Howard, good to see you tonight on as well. God bless you. Mother Curry is with us on tonight. Good to see you, Mother Curry. Amen. Sharon Turner Davis. God bless you, Sister Davis. Good to see you. Hope Shane is doing well. Certainly give him our love. Amen. Pat Hobson is on with us tonight. Good to see you, Sister Hobson. Sister Singleton is with us on tonight. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Singleton. Shelby Moore. God bless you. Listen, go ahead and share it. Go ahead and share it with your neighbors. Share it with your friends as we get into the study of God's word on this uh, evening. We certainly want to uh, thank Reverend Harris uh, for ministering the word of God to us on Sunday. Uh, we thank God for our young people ministering uh, as well in uh, the worship experience through their singing and through their uh, praise dancing. We thank God for uh, the, the worship experience that we had uh, while we were, while that you had here while we were away. God bless you. I knew it was going to get it out sooner or later. Amen. Y'all, y'all pray for me still. Still dealing with these allergies, y'all. It's just uh, just that season for me. So, uh, y'all keep keep praying for your pastor. We're gonna get we're gonna get it out of us soon enough. Um, but thank God that is nothing more than that. Uh, just 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 allergies being allergies. 
Uh, good evening. Sister Langford is with us. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Langford. David Miller Jr. is with us. God bless you. Good to see you, Brother Miller. Verdi Martin, bless you, Sister Martin. Elvira is with us on tonight as well. God be praised. God be praised. Listen, why don't we go ahead? Why don't we go ahead and uh, say a word of prayer and we will get into tonight's Bible study. It won't be a long study tonight. I want to kind of continue with some of what we shared on last week as it relates to discipleship um, uh, and just continue to uh, press into and lean into that that subject matter uh, because we're going to we're going to it's going to open up um, in, a, in a little bit uh, into a full full um, program of study, you might say. Uh, so let, let's let's have our word of prayer. We'll get into tonight's study. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, <clears throat> for this time together. We bless you, O oh Lord, for who you are and all the wonderful things you do and continue to do in our lives. Lord, we pray now your blessings upon this study, how brief it may be, that it will still be bold, that it will uh, inspire where needed, that it will instruct where needed, and that, in, in fact, it will correct where needed. God, we pray, Lord, that as we read your word, that your word would not only be um, that which we hear and read, but that which becomes flesh uh, in our lives. Granted, oh God, we pray in the mighty name of our Lord and our Savior, who is Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Bless you all. Bless you all. Listen, what I want to do tonight, see if you'll help me, I want to stay in the book of Matthew tonight, actually, uh, the gospel of Matthew, and um, I want to kind of press into the, 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 the command that Jesus uh, gives and the invitation that Jesus issues uh as it relates to being a follower of christ remember last week i began uh, with that children's song that we sang i want to be a follower of christ i want to be one of his disciples i want to walk in the newness of life so let me be a follower of christ a follower of christ and and there's several passages in matthew where we see jesus um, issuing the invitation and also providing instruction for what it means uh, to be a follower of Christ, what it means to follow him, how we might become uh, one of his disciples. First passage I want to look at is Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. This was going to be very familiar to you. Matthew chapter 4. Um, I want to look at verse number. Oh, tell you what, let's start at verse number 18. Verse number 18. Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse number 18. And that passage, uh, 18 through 22. It's what we'll be looking at. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, 
casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. He said unto them, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. They straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Jesus, Jesus, the first set of, of, of brothers, uh, Simon, Peter, um, Andrew. He sees them, the text says, uh, casting, uh, casting their nets, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. They were in the process of fishing, right? They were, they were actually out doing uh, their profession. And Jesus sees them in the middle of them trying to make a living, right? Practicing their trade, practicing their profession. He looks at them and he sees them doing it and he says, listen, I've got a better option for you. Follow me. And rather than you fishing for fish, you will become fishers of men. Matthew's gospel says that they straightway left their nets quickly. They dropped their nets and, and followed Jesus. They, they dropped what they were, they stopped what they were doing and followed Jesus. So, so, Immediately, when I read that, when I read that, what comes to mind is, what was it that could have been so compelling about Jesus' words, about his invitation, about what he said? What was it that would cause two men who were practicing their profession, who were at work to just stop what they were doing, write their letter of resignation, quit and say, I'm following Jesus. What, what, what was it that could come that was so inspiring that they would leave what was their livelihood to follow this man that they really didn't know. What 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 could call what 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 could cause let me let me let me put it another way. What could cause grown men <laughs> with families to be so intrigued, inspired, interested, 
or whatever it was, that they would drop their nets, drop their profession, give it up, and follow after Jesus. All right. Keep reading because it happens again. The next set of brothers, but not only are they with themselves, they are with their father. This is this is a generational business. Right? Their father was a fisherman. They are fishermen. They are practicing the family tradition. And they are in the process of casting nets. Text says that they are mending their nets. So they've already been out fishing for the night. They're actually preparing the nets for the next opportunity to fish. And in the midst of them getting ready to go fishing, Jesus extends an invitation. These two brothers not only leave their profession, but leave their father to follow Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I think it's something about the way Matthew writes his gospel that there there's a particular there's something that that matthew wants us to get about accepting this invitation and i think what matthew is driving at here is this issue of priority this issue of when following jesus Nothing, nothing can come between you and him. That, that one's commitment to Christ must supersede career. One's commitment to Christ must supersede relationships, earthly relationships. One could, one's commitment to Christ must come before all other things. I, I really think that's what Matthew is driving at here, that, that it's about your commitment when you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, that nothing else should get in the way and in between of you following him. And if it does, it has the wrong place or priority in your life. I really think that's what, what Matthew is driving at here. But let's keep looking. Let's keep looking. Go to, go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And we'll look at verse... Let's go down to verse... Um, 18, start with verse 18, Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 18.
Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. It's like this. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to part to the other side. A certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Okay, now stop right there. Because an invitation at this point is not being given. This is person coming to him of his own free will, of his own accord, and simply saying, I want to follow you, right? He says, I, I want to follow you. Okay, all right. You put it out there. Jesus, Jesus didn't extend invitation. He didn't say, Come. you put it out there, right? All right, so let's pick it up. Certain scribe comes in and says, Master, I will follow thee whether whithersoever thou goest. Wherever you go, Lord, I will follow you. All right, sounds good. Sounds, sounds like someone who is ready for commitment, right? Here's what Jesus does. Jesus said unto him, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. So wait a minute, what is Jesus getting at here? Jesus is saying, listen, you need to count the costs of following Christ. He, 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 he uses this very language in another passage where he says, listen, um, no one, no one who, who, who goes, no one goes to war first without counting the cost of being in that war. No one builds without counting the cost of that building. He says, and in the same way, uh, be before you go shooting off and saying you, 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 you're sold out for me and you're ready to follow me, you need to understand the son of man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. If you're following me, it's not gonna be about the material things. If you're following me, it's like, because, you know, I know the word has gotten out that I'm a miracle worker. I know the word has gotten out that 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 I can uh, change water to wine and and I can uh, uh, multiply bread and all. Yeah. So 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 don't get caught up in what you think you can get out of being one of my followers. Jesus says, "Listen, um, foxes have holes, birds have nests." The son of man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. Now, you still interested? Are you, are you sure you want to do this? Because this is following me. Watch this. What he's saying is following me is not about what I can do to make your earthly existence more comfortable. Following me is not about you getting the luxuries of life following me is not about you having all of your heart's desires met following me is not about you having something that you can uh, someone you can call on and get everything that you want out of life that's not what this is about make sure you know what is involved in this commitment to following christ and it's not about the stuff that you get. 
So Jesus cuts right to the core. I think he does is because number one, first of all, he's he's God. So he knows our motives. He understands why we do what we do, why we say what we say, what's in our minds when we make suggestions or commitments or promises, right? And so Jesus says, listen, I hear what you're saying, but I need you to know your relationship with me is not going to be based upon what I can do for you. I, I need, I need, I need you to understand that your commitment to me is not a, I'm not some genie in a bottle that you rub when you want something and I poof appear and give it to you. That's not what this is about. So understand foxes have holes, birds have nests. The son of man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. You still want to follow me? Let's pick that up. Let's pick that up right there. What happens in the text? Verse number 21. Another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. And when, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. I, I, I love how Matthew, I love how Matthew, let's read it all again. Let's read it all again and, and really see what Matthew is doing here. I love how Matthew does this. Go. Go back to 18. Go back to 18. Let's 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 put it all together. 18. Jesus saw great multitudes about him, and he gave commandment to depart into the other side, right? Certain scribe came, said unto him, Master, I will follow you whithersoever thou goest, right? He sees that Jesus is about to depart. He says, I want to go with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. Jesus says, All right, foxes have holes, birds have air, and nests have birds of the hair birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head right and 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 right there watch this matthew stops you we don't hear anything else from from that from that guy right jesus says what he says and we don't hear anything else from that guy another his disciples said unto him lord suffer me first to go and bury my father jesus said unto him follow me let the dead bury their dead right Jesus is saying to him, listen, um, following me, following me requires sacrifice. Now, there's some translations because you, you might be thinking, well, Jesus, golly, that's that's kind of a hard and harsh statement. Man's uh, father died. All he wants to do is go to the funeral. Well, there's some translations that suggest and the, the reading of those translations suggests that that this disciple or potential disciple was not saying let me go and bury my dead father but rather that he was saying let me stay with my father until he dies and bury him and after he's dead and i bury him then i'll come and be your disciple and jesus says nah let, let the dead bury their dead and so there, there's this idea that that 
that this was not an in the moment of 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 this person's uh, grief, but rather this is him projecting and then therefore delaying the decision to follow follow Christ. And so Jesus responds. He said, "Listen, um, following me, uh, you know, you you if if you want to follow me." This isn't something that that you should should put off indefinitely. If you've been presented with the truth, if if you have that invitation extended to you and the opportunity before you, then you should not delay in your decision. Right? And how many how many how many people do we know delay in making the decision of being a disciple when the truth is in front of them, when the invitation is extended, when the opportunity is right there, it's right there. And all, all you really have to do is just say, okay, right? You've had enough time to think about it. You've had enough opportunity. You had enough, uh, enough, enough discussion with others and and you've been through enough situations to know that truth is in front of you and all you really have to say is yes and jesus is saying is listen stop delaying stop delaying accept this moment this truth this opportunity for what it is and come follow me right and then what matthew does is he shifts and says so you got these two people, right? One who says, I'll go with you anywhere. Jesus says, ah, you better be sure because don't be in it for the wrong reasons. Another, another who comes um, and, and, and Jesus says, and says, I'll go with you. But, but first let me, let me, you know, after, after my parents die, he says, ah, let the, so you got these two opportunities. And then he shifts in verse number 22. Let's see it. Verse number, uh, is it right? Verse number, yeah, verse number 23. And when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, right? So you have these two would-be followers, but then in 23, he shifts and says, and when he entered into his ship, his disciples followed him. His disciples followed him. Don't stop there because I love verse 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Here it is, y'all. Here's, here's the beauty of how this went. Two would-be disciples don't end up following him his disciples who follow him go into the ship with him and they end up in a storm now wait a minute we're the ones who made the right decision we're the ones who have given up fishing we've given up our profession we've given up our careers we've we've put you a priority in our lives we're not we are sold out for you and we're the ones who get caught in a storm. What's up with that? 
<laughs> am, I, am I talking to anybody? Have you ever felt like that? Lord, I, I committed everything to you. I gave everything to you. I said yes to you. I'm looking at my friends. They're doing any and every kind of thing, living in every kind of way. I'm with you, sold out, and I'm the one in a storm. I'm the one. Come on and talk to me if you can. My, my, my partners, they're not in church. They don't care anything about that. But I'm the one. And let me and let me just let me just help you. Let me just help you. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus. See. I don't feel good right now, y'all. Don't make me preach, but I promise you there's a lot of preaching in that text right there. They're the ones who who decide to give up everything and follow him. And they're the ones who go into a storm. But I promise you, I'd rather be in a storm with the Lord. Come on, somebody. Than not to be in a storm without the Lord. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than to be not in a storm without him. I don't don't make me preach tonight, y'all. I, I I'd, I'd rather be in a storm with him. He he was asleep in the ship. He's the one who called him. They followed him. They got in the boat. Did not know they were headed into a storm. But I promise you. I'd rather be in a storm with the Lord than to be in a sunny under sunny skies without him. In any day, any any day, oh yeah, any day. Um. All right, all right, all right. Go with me. Go with me to Matthew. That was Matthew eight. Go with me to Matthew. Let's let's just go to one chapter over Matthew nine. Matthew 9, verse 9. Matthew 9 and verse 9. Matthew 9 and verse 9. Here it is. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Oh, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Pharisees saw it. They said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. (laughs) Uh, But go ye and learn from that Learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I talked about this last week. That Jesus calls Matthew to be a follower. This, this, this crook, this thief. He calls him to be a follower. 
in Matthew, this crook, this thief who stole from his fellow Jewish brothers, the text says that he arose and followed him. Jesus goes to Matthew's house for dinner. It says, and many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. You got religious people, <laughs> religious people who are looking at this whole episode develop because here is Jesus who's just called a crook to come into his inner circle to follow him. Jesus, who calls himself the son of God, is just called this thief. to be one of his disciples. And if that were not bad enough, now he's sitting with the thief's friends and apparently is comfortable with them. Comfortable enough that he's having dinner with them because remember in Jesus' day, dinner, dinner is not just some, you know, blase thing it's it's meaningful when you have dinner with someone so the religious people are looking at this and they're saying how is it that this man can eat and sit and have this kind of close intimate contact and relationship and build fellowship with people who are known thieves crooks hoodlums sinners Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus says, because it's not the ones who are well who need a doctor, it's the ones, it's the ones who are ill, the ones who are sick. He says, I'm, I haven't come for the ones who are already saved or at least think they are. I've come for the ones who know they need who know they need healing, who know they need something different. How, how much more impactful would our churches be if we really envelop that, that whole idea that the church, who we are and what we represent is for people who aren't already there. And that, and that we intentionally make room and make space and make it our mission to make sure that people who need God know that they are wanted here. That's what Jesus did. And I believe that that's what being a follower of Jesus means. It, it, means, it means letting people who aren't well yet know that 
they're welcome. They're welcome in, in this space that we occupy called the church building. That you don't have to be saved to come here. That this is a hospital where people who need healing, people who need help, people, people who need hope, people who need to feel love, people who need to be forgiven, people who need to be able to express frustration, express doubt, people who, who, who need who need to be honest and, and be angry at God for a little while and know that, that if they come here, that they're going to have somebody who's going to help them through that and not judge them for that. See, see, what Jesus, what Jesus is doing, and this is why it's so revolutionary, it's because he's turning religion on its head. He's saying it's not about being, it's not about doing this religious stuff. It's about being a follower, being in Christ. It, it, it's about being, it's about being, following Jesus, right? It's, wow. And so, and so, and so, I believe this, I believe this, that, that the, the secret, if, if, if we, if churches really if churches really, really take this in, what Jesus is teaching right here, if, 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 if churches really take in what Jesus is teaching in this passage, churches and church growth would explode. Because because most churches, most churches, hear me, minister to those who are already well. Because, hear me, because that's the safe space. That's the safe space. Those are the people we know. Those are the people we're comfortable with. Those are the people we, we have things in common with. But Jesus says, I, hadn't, I didn't come here for people who are already well. My ministry my mission, my agenda is for those who are sick. The question, the question that disciples 
have to wrestle with is, are we willing, watch this, are we willing to minister to sick people? Watch this and not judge the sickness. Are we willing to love and embrace and not judge why people are where they are, how they got there, why they're there, how long they've been there? Are, are, we, willing, are we willing to just to just say, brother, welcome, come in, come into the family? No, no judgment here. See, that's, yeah, let, let me help you. That kind of stuff will make church folk mad. That's why the Pharisees had such a problem with Jesus, because that's the stuff. That's the stuff that got on their nerves because it was like, wait a minute, you you letting too many of them in. You're, you're disrupting, you're disrupting our systems. What we've set up, what we've established, what we built. And Jesus says, yeah, that, that's the problem. You think you built it. And what you built isn't going to stay in any way. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Y'all making me go longer and further than I intended to. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give you this last one. <coughs> Matthew 10, excuse me. Matthew 10, verse, um, let's see, where do I want to get to? Matthew 10, ah, here we go. Matthew 10, go to verse uh, 34. Matthew 10, verse 34. Okay, here we go. Again, we're talking about we're talking about commitment, the commitment of discipleship, right? Matthew 10 verse 34. Jesus says this. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am come not to send peace, but a sword. I'm come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The man's foes shall be they of his own house. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, 
and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Here we, here we go. Verse 38, I want to zero in on that. Verse 38, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. You remember over and over again, take up your cross, follow me. Take up your cross, follow me. This, this language of cross-bearing is not just an icon that Jesus is, is lifting up. It wasn't just a symbol. The cross was an actual item of torture, punishment, death. And Jesus uses that tool of death in association with what it means to follow him. Now, why, why would you bring such a brutal image? Jesus, if, if, if you're trying to grow a crowd, it would seem to me that you would use a crown and not a cross. If you're trying to build a movement, if you're trying to gain followers and attract the masses, it would seem to me, Jesus, that, that you would talk about crowns much more than crosses because that would be more exciting. The promise of a crown, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't want to hear Follow me, take up your crown and follow me. Sign me up. How many, how many jewels are in it? Is, it? is it platinum or gold? But Jesus does not promise a crown, but a cross. And I, for one, am appreciative of the fact that he puts the cross at the forefront and not in the background. Because in so doing, we then cannot accuse him of baiting and switching us. Jesus was clear from the get. Following me will mean you're going to have a cross to bear. He, he's honest and upfront.
from the very beginning. Just like he was with the, 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 the other disciple in the beginning of this lesson. When he says, listen, be sure. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Are you sure? In the same text, in the same way, he puts the cross up front. He says, listen, be clear. You're going to follow me. If you are not worth, if you are not willing to take up your cross, you are not worthy of following me. And here it is, and I'm done. Um, we cannot be serious Jesus followers. If we are not serious cross bearers, um, here here is here is the reality of so many believers: is that we want faith to remove the weight of our crosses. We want faith to take away the burden of our cross. But there are two things, at least, that every Christian is going to have to deal with. A cross and a cup. You're going to have a cross to bear and you're going to have a cup that you're going to have to drink out of. If it be possible, let this cup pass from my lips. There are going to be some cups that are going to be presented before you that will not pass until you drink it. There are going to be some crosses that you're not going to be able to get from under the weight of, you will have to bear it. You will have to bear it. And my brother and my sister, here is the good news. Jesus, first of all, is upfront about the reality of life. In this world, you will have tribulation, right? He's upfront. If you're gonna be my follower, you, you are not worthy to follow me if you're not willing to take up your cross. He's upfront about it. He's not trying to make it out to be like, if you follow me, your whole world is gonna be you know, without any burdens, without any problems, without, no, you're going to have, you, you're going to have some stuff to deal with. And some of it is going to be just because of life itself. And some of it is going to be a result of your faith, right? Some of it is going to be just life happening because guess what? Life be lifing. 
Life happens. Right? And some of it is going to be just because you decided to follow Jesus. Now, here is the good news. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Here's the good news. My grace is sufficient for you. Here's the good news. My God is able to make all things, all grace abound toward you that you would always have all sufficiency in all things. So whatever cross you have to bear, whatever cup you have to drink from, the good news is that as a follower of Christ, you aren't made to do it by yourself. I'm done. I'm through. I'm out of here. I went way longer than I thought I would, but the Lord will give you that kind of strength. So I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be one of his disciples. I want to walk in the newness of life. Let me be a follower of Christ. May the Lord bless you real good. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, we do bless you tonight. We thank you for what we have experienced, what we have heard, what we have read, and the truth of your word. We pray, oh God, that the cups and the crosses of our lives will not keep us from being committed followers of you. We pray, oh God, that with every step that we take, we will draw nearer to you and who you are and who you would have us to be in you. God, we bless you. We thank you. We love you. And we pray that we would be disciples and followers who are pleasing in your sight. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. God bless you all. We love you. We'll see you on Sunday.